Hey guys, welcome back and happy belated 4th of July from all of us in the United States of America. <laughs> I'm Chris Bircher. This is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom, and this is episode 132, Freedom. And I feel compelled to record this because it is July 4th, 2023, and I just heard sort of a stimulating quote or thought that I'm paraphrasing into my own idea uh, and decided that I wanted to do an episode on freedom at the risk of being viewed as a socialist or a communist or unpatriotic or whatever it is. I just don't, uh, I can't get into celebrating war, uh, even though some wars arguably required our attention. I'm thinking of World War One, World War Two, uh, where some bad things were going on in the world and some people needed help. I don't really think about other forms of violence as being that type. You know, uh, my buddy Paul and I were re- recording some things for a project that he's working on with his book yesterday and talking about this uh, a little bit. And it seems like the way people define freedom isn't freedom. And it's, uh, it's bothersome. Uh, and I see things like, you know, support your veterans because they fought for your freedom. And I just don't, I can't, I can kind of see what they're talking about, but it implies a truth that I don't think is accurate. It implies that we, you know, our freedom is something that people can take from us. Or, you know, I I think of things like uh, more in the sense of like the Count of Monte Cristo, for example, where this guy's imprisoned for a long time with you know a miserable life, but he finds a, a way to 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 inspire himself to look forward to every day instead of wallow away in misery or or Victor Frankel and a man search for meaning who's in a concentration camp but chooses each day to want to live, right? I mean, you're the prison is in us. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And I don't know if I, I didn't make this up, but I'm paraphrasing this idea that to me when I think about what it means to be free or, you know, sort of, what, well, first of all, what is the opposite of freedom, right? If you look in the internet, in the dictionary, and sort of what people think these words mean, the opposite of freedom is being in captivity, uh, being enslaved, being in a state of enslavement, or subjugation, right? You're living your life um, in part, or, you know, I, you know some percentage following somebody else's rules or having to do things that don't necessarily come up for you as desires or needs or even wants. You're doing something, you're doing this thing in order to get this other thing. You're, you're working a job to get money to live your life, right? <laughs> Isn't that enslavement? You know, I've made this argument before. I did a, did a really early episode on slavery. I just I just republished an episode that was something like episode 30 that was uh, on work-life balance. And I've shared this idea many times over that it was really depressing for me to realize at some age that I had, you know, signed some unwritten contract with the world that I was going to allow myself to be enslaved or subjugated a certain percentage of my life in order to live that life. 
right? In order to become an adult, I had to get a job. And unfortunately, the types of things that I like to do, you know, depending on what side of the fence you're on, gaze at my navel, you know, and be intellectual. Or to think about problems and try to solve things and, and come up with better ways for humans to live. You know, to me, these are meaningful things, but there's not a whole lot of jobs out there. Now, if you like making money, then you could be a doctor and a lawyer. And if you like uh, being persuasive, you could be a car salesman. You know, if, if you like helping people, you could be a teacher or a counselor. You know, there, there are things in the world for a lot of people, but I would argue very few of us truly find a vocation, career, job, way of making money that also allows us a sense of freedom in the sense of not being subjugated, not being enslaved, and not being held captive by this. You know, they, my, my wife and her anesthesia friends uh, joke a lot about golden handcuffs, right? So there's a we all know this. I'm not making any of this up, right? We all have a relationship with money. We all live in a world where we're required to have a relationship with money in order to live life. And to me, that just doesn't make sense. You know, being think about all the other animals in the world. They don't have to work for life. And so think about like this. Here's the definition that I heard. So freedom to me is being able to choose how I react to life unfolding or to the things that happen to me or to living your life, but to choose how I react. Now, this is outside the realm of just a job specifically because it is possible, like Viktor Frankl and like the guy in The Count of Monte Cristo, to learn how to choose freedom. You can learn, teach yourself to be unaffected or less affected by life's trials and tribulations, even something like being imprisoned or being in a concentration camp. In theory, and this is a lot I think about, a lot of what I think the personal growth field is and and psychotherapy and exercise and dieting, a lot of this is about indirectly, you know, if we could just change our minds and see what we have as good, then we are free. And so that's kind of the goal. And to me, that's kind of what enlightenment is. Can I make peace with what life is? Can I be present for my life unfolding, but understand that I have very little control over it and that it isn't the things that happen that affect my peace, freedom, it's how I interpret it. It's what the stories that I tell myself in my head. I think that's a lofty goal. I don't know how possible it is for a world, a person to live in that world. And some probably do a, a large majority of the time or a vast majority of the time. But I think for an average person, you might be lucky to catch glimpses of that sort of peace. You might be able to sort of learn your habits and come up with strategies. You know, if you have a if you have a fulfilled life, if you have a job you don't hate, if you have a healthy practice of meditation and journaling and exercise and a good diet and all those things, I think you can maximize the likelihood, the probability that you can 
find a way toward a positive mindset, a growth mindset, an abundance mindset, a mindfulness and equanimous approach to life. I think that's a worthy goal. And that's kind of the path that I'm on. You know, can I minimize the the de- degree to which I feel like a slave, that I feel like a victim of this relationship to resources, money, and work, right? Um, that's a, those are all subjects of other episodes on knowledge plus experience of Eagle's wisdom that you can you can easily find on my website, my YouTube channel, or in the podcast feed if you subscribe. Um, but this idea of freedom, the problem is, it isn't what we think it is, and and there's a couple reasons that sort of bothers me. One, because it as a selfish thing, I feel like I don't fit into the world. Like I don't feel when I see somebody with a bumper sticker on their truck, you know, talking about red, white, and blue and America and the flag and freedom and fireworks. And all I can see is sort of the revolutionary war, right? And our exit from, from, from Europe, from England, the genocide of (laughs) uh, entire groups of people in North America. You know, I don't, I don't see that as, and to top it all off, the apparent lack of religious freedoms and sort of the dominance of individual religions uh, and and the and the and the imposition of those specific religions on other groups as not even working in the first place. You know the reasons I understand that we left for religious freedoms and to get out from underneath um, the ruling class of a. Of a of a of a monarchy, I guess whatever you call it, when you're governed by a king, like we were in England, did we really get any of those things? <laughs> you know, two hundred and some years later, really, it doesn't seem like it worked. It doesn't make any sense. And so, if we think freedom is being allowed to choose what religion we have, and yet many of us in the United States of America are judging people sometimes with violence for the very religion. And there's all these different um, disagreements about religion. Uh, And look at our government compared to something like um, a plutocracy or or whatever you call that. Is it that different? Did we achieve anything? And And if we were calling that freedom, and we can agree to some extent that we didn't get that, then aren't we still not free? And so what are we proud of? In the wars that we fight, presumably over things like power and oil and, um, you know, the, the, uh, the use of the dollar as the dominant, the U.S. dollar as the dominant form of currency globally and, you know, money going back and forth. I mean, isn't that really the reason that we do these things? Um, again, accepting the first, the world wars, but all the other skirmishes that we get in and then the money required, you know, if you look at the, the budget that we, we spend money on to, to perpetuate these things. And people look at that, and this this again where I'm confused, as <clears throat> per, somehow leading to our freedom. The fact that we spend a lot of money on tanks and planes and personnel and training and go over and occupy countries where maybe we're doing good things, maybe we're 
we're trying to keep out radical religious groups that are extremely misogynistic and do all kinds of terrible things. Maybe that's a good thing. Um, but does it create freedom? Does it result in some change? So presumably we are going to places in the world where there is a lack of freedom and we are fighting and spending a lot of money and dying to remove that lack of freedom and replace it with freedom. I don't see that we've really done that. I mean, I think getting rid of Nazis, you know, probably, is it, but, but did that really change prejudice even? You know, are we free uh, from, from uh, things happening in the world that we have to control our reaction to, right? So let's go back to my definition. You know, being able to choose how we react to something we don't like. Well, we don't need to fight wars to do that if you believe that each individual person can change the way they feel about something. But now, we still shouldn't all be in a concentration camp, for example, and just have to endure that. That isn't a viable solution. You know, removing the concentration camps is a better solution. I get that. And that's probably a decent reason to fight a war. And of course, my ideal solutions to these problems would be, of course, to go upstream. Why are these things happening? What enabled a guy like Hitler in a country like Germany was at that time to reach some critical mass where this was happening. You know, there are lots of things going on, and not the least of which being sort of <laughs> communications and families and, you know, all these woo-woo personal growth things that are, you know, going to be real solutions to a lot of these problems. How do we prevent the evils that men, humans do in the world? It's not by beating people up that far downstream, right? It's too late. And so I record this episode as sort of a rebellion against and an antithesis to what I think we call freedom. And I'm not even really sure what it is because it's not me. I can't, I can't presume to know why somebody um, worships uh, a, a Christian God. I don't understand. So I'm not going to pretend to be able to explain why someone defines freedom the way they do. I just think they're missing the point. And oh, and the second part of that, so not only are we creating this dichotomy where we have some people that think that freedom is a lack of, um, uh, or, a, or a being able to choose, and that enslavement is a lack of our, our, our choice in how we react to something and how we navigate the world. Uh, there's that dichotomy, right? So that's a, it's an us versus them. It sets it up. And I, and I think... The second element of that is sort of, sort of, um, politicizing or, um, or sensationalizing the, the sort of aggressor, uh, defense, you know, um, damsel in distress, uh, um, knight in shining armor sort of, sort of approach to this when I think it really is a more. Uh, psychological, personal growth, self-help, you know, a lack of effective governance, that poor leadership that results in this sort of false idol worship. You know, I, I don't, and, 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 it, and it inevitably ends up being a survival of the fittest, only the strong survive, you know, machismo, we have bigger guns than you, and it all, you know, this worship of a flag, and this celebration with fireworks of things like Independence Day, which is a completely inaccurate or a very partially accurate 
remembrance and revisionist history is just wrong. You know, if, if nothing else, I think it's important to remember the true story. And of course, this is a, this is a bigger issue, right? History is his story. What we know about history is what a very small handful of often not even eyewitness observers to something that happens retells the story. And if we've learned anything from sort of cognitive bias and the way a human psychology works is that eyewitnesses are often the most unreliable <laughs> people to share what happened. And so we have to sort of assume that the history and the further we get away from it becomes less and less accurate. And so what I'm asking for is, is, a, is a more accurate, more holistic, more complete remembrance of things that happened and an inclusion. And I think what we have when we when the harder we double down on fireworks, the more revisionist we are and the, the str- more strongly we are refusing to acknowledge the truth of what happened. And so if we cannot, if we cannot simultaneously accept the wrongdoings of something like the American Revolutionary War uh, and the establishment of North America as a as as the United States and all of that that happened. If we cannot see that for the way that it happened, and in, 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 in besides just the story of how a uh, we we escaped. Uh, this this enslavement, right? We escaped this this uh, subjugation situation and emerged victorious, right? Sure, that's a part of the story, but it's so far from the truth. And I think that's what bugs me the most about our, well, our the United States of America's dominant popular opinion of freedom. You know, we say things like freedom isn't free, which, and you see this on bumper stickers, a lot of the places where I live and you hear this, especially this time of year, which implies that our country had to, is, is fighting for, for me, that they're out there working really hard to, to, to subjugate the evil in the world. Right. And it's just not accurate. It is not accurate. And until we can, we can let go of and this, so, yeah, the 30,000-foot view, this is not even about war or freedom. It's about the truth. It's about accurately depicting what really happened uh, instead of trying to create movements and positions and d- divisiveness uh, to sort of lie about, to cover something up, to revise what actually happened. What good does that do? What good does ignoring the past do for history. I'm not going to learn. And, and why do you think we don't learn? You know, why do you think we keep repeating the same mistakes? Because we tell ourselves bad stories. We tell ourselves inaccurate stories and create a reality that is inaccurate, or that doesn't reflect the truth. And this is such a, <laughs> this is such a, um, a blueprint for like an individual's personal growth you know, can we get close to the truth? Can we tell ourselves the truth? Can we accurately assess what's going on, including the good and the bad? Um, can we do this for ourselves? Can we do this for our families? Can we do this for our communities? Can we do this for the globe? And, and, th- and this is the kind of thing that's going to help us solve our problems.
And so from a, to kind of go back and maybe close it up, you know, for me, and I, as I navigate the world as a, as a privileged American white man with its, you know, the minimum amount of problems a person can have, I still don't feel free. I do not feel like spending money on fighter jets and having bigger nuclear weapons than Russia does me any good. In fact, I think it creates more problems. And so not only do I not feel free, I feel more subjugated, more enslaved, more entrapped by this system that's designed to make me more free. Now that's got to make you wonder and question, well, why the hell is it like this? And so it's got to be about something else. It's a shell game. Uh, And then secondarily, the things that make me feel even more captive than that are things like having to work, money, capitalism, general rules of society that don't make sense. Uh, And the solution, the way that I free myself, is twofold. Uh, One is to have opportunities and to take opportunities and, and be lucky to a certain degree and make good choices and all the things we talk about on a regular basis, find a good job, meet the right person, work hard. All that stuff is true. A lot of that, however, is kind of like being born on third base thinking you hit a triple. I mean, not everyone can find freedom through that pathway simply because they were born in the wrong place, their skin is the wrong color, and they're going to have a much harder time of doing it. But the universal way that we can increase our sense of real freedom is, is something like a Buddhist approach to life. And there are many others. I use Buddhism as an example of to not be attached to our suffering to learn that things are not permanent and things will change and, and that the only real thing that we can do anything about in this world is how we react emotionally to any situation around us. And using examples like Viktor Frankl, we can see the evidence that suggests that we actually can choose whether or not we feel free. And by making choices about how we accept or don't accept, we either resist and spend energy fighting against something, which is going to result in feeling like you're trapped, or we accept and we allow and we permit and we make peace, which is going to lead more towards a a peaceful, calm, free path. And so I think it's critical that we find a new word to represent what we think fireworks in the American flag means. And I think it's more like nationalism, unfortunately, and focus on the word freedom and the idea and the concept, uh, meaning more closely to what I've said, to teaching yourself or being able or being blessed with the capacity to choose how you react to life unfolding. I hope you found that a worthwhile adventure. I certainly did. It's nice to be able to get that out. Uh, I appreciate your time. If you've listened this far, don't forget to check out um, the other episodes. Tell your friends. It's the only way people are going to find this sort of thing. And all I really want to do here is participate in this uh, movement of, you know, uh, redefining the world we live in more accurately toward having a more peaceful, calm, and free life as individuals, families, communities, and species. I'm Chris Bercher. This is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. This has been episode 132, Freedom. I'll see you next time. Take it easy.